Welcome to episode number 66 of Just Go Grind, a show that focuses on helping you launch and grow a business and navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. I'm Justin Gordon, your host, and in this episode, we have Alex Shadro, who is the CEO and founder of Relove, which you can find at relovv.com. Relove is a consumer-to-consumer fashion marketplace where you can not only buy and sell items, but you can also get paid to curate items as well. Fashion is the second most wasteful industry on the planet, and Alex is on a mission to reduce, reuse, and relove when it comes to fashion, influencing others to do the same. Relove launched in 2018 and was quickly backed by the prestigious Techstars Venture Accelerator. And Alex has always had this passion for conscious fashion, and we get into all of that in this episode, talk about her company, how this was born out of another company she created called Uniteeks, and the progress she made with both of these is just tremendous and so quick as well, and we dive into that as well. Very excited for you listening to this episode. The show notes are at justgogrind.com slash podcast. You can support the show over on iTunes by leaving a rating and review. I'd really appreciate that. And without further ado, here is my interview with Alex Shadro from Relove. Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I was curious about your story and diving deeper once you had presented at USC. And where I wanted to start with is just where did you like start in terms of your entrepreneurial journey? Oh, man. So I think I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. My dad is an entrepreneur. His dad is an entrepreneur. So it's just kind of a long line of entrepreneurs. And I was, you know, selling snacks that my mom would pack me, like gushers from Costco would just disappear. <laughs> I was like selling them for 50 cents. And I was tutoring people, selling study guides. So I've always had that entrepreneurial bone inside of me, I guess. Yeah. And what do you think was the draw for you then to entrepreneurship? Well, my parents really didn't give me an allowance. So I just wanted money to spend (laughs) on more candy usually um, growing up. And I think I just always loved being in charge of many different things and people and being a leader. So in group projects, I was always, you know, the group leader and I liked being looked to for the answers and being able to kind of lead something and really take ownership of it. That's always been really attractive to me. Although I actually did not try to start this business. So it was a complete accident. And everything I've really done up until this point has just been like more entrepreneurial-ish. Like selling services for social media was something I was doing to make money before this. And that was entrepreneurial, but not really a company. And, um, you know, I used to flip clothing from thrift stores, which is how I ended up in this industry, Uh, but, but did not set out to start a business. It happened happened on accident, you mentioned. So feel free to go into that. How did this actually start with Uniteaks to begin with then? Yeah. So I'm currently the founder of Relove, but it started as Uniteaks, which was yep. college boutiques equals university boutiques, right? Uniteaks. Yeah. And it actually started a lot more of a catchy name than that. It was Boutique, Boston University <laughs> Where I went Perfect. to school. <laughs> yeah. And I was slipping clothes from Goodwill mostly or savers or just, you know, friends' closets. And I would do a 50 50 commission split with them because I was really good at selling it online. And I had a horrible experience with this guy from Craigslist. He just like came to my house and would not leave. And I ended up actually leaving the house with him inside of it. 
So that was very scary. And I decided that I was done selling on pretty much every platform that existed. And I was going to create like a safe haven for myself um, called Boutique, Boston Boston University Teak. And what you had to do was use your email to join. And then you could have access to my closet, which was an endless supply, right? So I'd have like 100 items at any time. Oh, wow. And I ended up getting to amass a pretty good social media following personally on Instagram and people would then join Boutique. And then it was, I really want to sell my shirt. I really want to sell my jacket. And we ended up opening it up for really a free for all of anyone that had a .edu email could join um, and sell their stuff, which is how it became Uniteeks at 300 campuses. Wow. But I learned... I learned a lot from it and it didn't really do so well. It's the best way to, to explain it. Um, once we tried to systematize it, it really wasn't done, I guess, the right way. Okay. Because people were really interested in buying and selling on their campuses and like trading hands and, you know, not really using a digital platform. Like they wanted to use Venmo and kind of circumvent the marketplace. So the way it was built wasn't really conducive to, I guess, what we have on Reload now. But I learned a lot. And I always say you never lose. You either win or you learn. So yeah. I learned a lot. And, and from that, so yeah, one of the things you mentioned with that was you were doing it by yourself. And then people kind of kept asking. I'm curious, at what point you decide to open it up? I mean, was it like, oh, we get like five messages, 10 messages. You're hearing stuff for weeks. Like, at what point do you decide to go bigger with it initially? So... It was really, really funny and totally not systematic. So <laughs> I would request like 20 requests a day to sell stuff. And at first I was like, I'll just sell it for you, bring it to my apartment and I'll list it for you and we'll split it half half. And people were okay with that. And then there was just so many requests that I eventually had people like on a trust system, Venmo me $5 per purchase okay. and that they made and people had, you know, the, the threat of being kicked out if they didn't Venmo me the $5. <laughs> oh, wow. And that's like how Uniteeks worked. So I was just making $5 here and there. But when I tried to kind of make it go through a system, it, it wasn't, it didn't scale. Yeah. But even though it didn't scale, you still had gotten this to hundreds of campuses. How did you do that? Yeah. So actually hilarious story. Very hilarious story. I was in a venture competition before Uniteeks launched. Boutique was live and well, but Uniteeks was not developed yet. We were taking pre-registration. So I was like, oh, you know, we're going to open up Boutique to every campus and I need your email now for when we launch it. And so I was in this venture accelerator and it was like a, it was like an idea phase accelerator. And so you just had to have a really good proof of concept. So my proof of concept was getting emails, which was completely legit. And then getting likes on Facebook was the other way that I was going to have this proof of concept. Yeah. So I went on Tinder, which was brand new at the time and switched it on to like every age, <laughs> men and women. Like, and I would swipe right on everyone. And I actually would ride the bus and train around the city so I could match with the most amount of people. No. <laughs> oh my God. So I matched with like a ton of people and I would say, Hey, what's up? How are you? And they'd be like, I'm great. How are you? And I'd be like, 
I have a favor to ask you. And I'd be like, I'm so sorry to do this, but I'm a young female entrepreneur. Can you please like my Facebook page? Like I'm going to win $10,000 if you help me. <laughs> I'm going to need the money so I can start my business. Like, please like my page. And people would respond mostly being like, you know what? Like, I'll be happy to help you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and they're like, you don't want to go on a date. And I'm like, no. And so, um, actually someone that I matched with goes, my sister loves thrifting. Would you, would you want her to be an intern? And I'm like, uh, interns, like I can have interns. Uh, so we ended up having a really thriving ambassador program, which is how we ended up expanding the 300 campuses. And I learned that from the first intern I ever had, which was someone I matched with sister. That is amazing. First of all, uh, second of all, where, how does that idea even come about? How do you even think to do that? Think to go on the trains or think to, uh, <laughs> to use Tinder to go and grow the, co grow the company or then also go on trains to get more matches. Like how does that, where does that come from? You just thought of it one day. Yeah. I mean, I was like, I need to get more Facebook likes so I can win this competition. And I did win. Well, I, I love the, the creativity and the it's like true entrepreneurial spirit of just figuring it out and finding a way, which is, which is incredible. And obviously you said like you had issues with, with that, but then you took pieces of that to, to form Relove. So how did Relove then come about from that? Yeah. So essentially Relove never had network effects, right? There was never, a, I'm sorry, Uniteeks never yeah. had network effects where buyers were listed, I'm sorry, sellers were listing things, buyers were seeing those things. And it just kind of, you know, had this, I guess, natural ebb and flow that never happened. So what it was, is me running around promoting the sell side, and then literally selling people's items one by one myself. So yeah. I would actually message people on Facebook in the different marketplace groups when they would post uh, like people that, for example, somebody posts a pair of jeans and then some, let's say 10 people liked those jeans. I would message those people and say, Hey, I saw that you liked a pair of jeans. Are you looking for jeans? I have a ton. And I would have to like essentially match make every item on Uniteeks to get a buyer for them. Yeah. And so that was really not effective. This concept of like running around and selling people's things for them one day I got really exhausted of doing it. And I said to my technical co-founder, who I did not meet early enough in Uniteeks, we ended up starting Relove together, but he came on very late in the Uniteeks story. Okay. So I ended up saying to my co-founder, I'm exhausted of selling people's things. Let them sell each other's things. I'm so tired of this. <laughs> Let them post each other's things on each other's pages, which was at the time, it was just an add to profile button. So if you liked an item on Uniteeks, you not only could buy it, you could add it to your profile and we would pay you when it sold. So this was the concept for Relove because all of a sudden Uniteek starts getting sales. We had $1,000 in sales a month, like literally minuscule nothing. Um, but all of a sudden we were doing $10,000 in sales a month. And I was like, oh, social selling. Mm. Everyone other's affiliates. This is actually pretty genius. So first thing I did was file a process patent around this okay. so that I could protect it. And then I pitched this concept of, well, then it was like, well, are we going to call it add to profile? Are we going to call it reposting? Are we going to call it reloving? So <laughs> <laughs> relove grew from that. 
And we were going to redo the entire interface anyways, because um, for example, we only had a website, but 80% of activity was on mobile. So we needed an app. So we we're going to redo the whole interface. And I thought it was the perfect time to kind of rebrand and re restart. Yeah. And you mentioned then getting the technical co-founder kind of late in the game with Uniteaks. Where did you find them? Yeah. So I was hiring a tech development company, which is the drainer of bank accounts <sighs> for anyone Listen. Funny you mentioned that. You I literally to, just talked to someone on an interview an hour ago about these exact things. <laughs> if you want to drain your bank account, don't have a CPA. <laughs> hire someone to do an outsource. Yeah. So I hired an outsource company. My bank account was draining. And it turned out that the company was outsourcing to Akshay, my co-founder. And my co-founder saw that I was being drained and he was getting a lot less money than the people in the middle that were managing him were getting. So uh, he actually came around, circumvented his company and took a big risk and said, I really believe in what you're doing. I know you're out of money, which is why you're firing this company that you're working with. Um, and I was like at the point where I, I just had no more money to pay them. And he said, I really don't want this idea to die. I think there's something huge here and I want to work with you. So we became co-founders. So I got really, really lucky. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, it can be such a process. And from talking to you know many entrepreneurs on this show, finding that team and especially a technical co-founder um, can be quite the quite the challenge. And yeah, it's just so, so difficult to actually do. I, I mean, I definitely tried the whole like go through LinkedIn, send messages, go to meetups, you know, talk to your network. I tried everything, but this was actually the best thing. And I, I got really, really lucky. My co-founder has an MBA in entrepreneurship from Babson, in addition to being a technical background and data background from Amex. Like I'm, I'm very, very lucky. Yeah, and that's awesome to find them. And then besides the co-founder, the technical co-founder, then is there anyone else that's on that initial team for Relove? Not the initial team, but now there are five people full-time, including us. So we have three other employees. Uh, we have a full-time web developer. We have a digital marketing manager who came from forever 21 so we always say he's like he's like writing his wrong <laughs> in the waste yep. by working here he feels good about that and then we have an operations coordinator so it's the five of us and we're hiring more people in the fall that's awesome and i know that you went through the tech stars accelerator how did that come about so I pitched Uniteaks to an investor, many investors, right? That all said, mm, we like you, but not so much Uniteaks. And so <laughs> one of my pitches was to Kara Weber from Brilliant Ventures. And she said, you know, you really kind of just, you have something here, but you really need more structure. You really need some help. I think you should go through an accelerator and I think you should go through Techstars. So she introduced me to Anna Barber, who's the managing director of Techstars, an amazing mentor and really just someone I genuinely admire and look up to so much. And from there, we went through a really rigorous screening process. It was, I think it took months, you know, to get into the program and they asked us a lot of questions. We, we had to really know our, our stuff and... I feel extremely blessed that I was able to go through that program. Yeah. And what do you think from the Techstars Accelerator, what was like the biggest value add for you going through that program? Wow. Um, so much, but I'm sh I really think how to fundraise. 
I had no idea how to fundraise. I was running around trying to raise money for Uniteeks completely unsuccessfully. And just the amount of things that you need to really have together in terms of not just your, your story has to be tight. Your financials have to be tight. You have to really have a vision of not just what you're trying to achieve, but how you're going to get there. And that was what Techstars really helped me do. Yeah. And then obviously you went through Techstars and learned a lot. And then how have you kind of grown the company since then, I guess would be what I'm curious about. Sure. So we actually didn't even launch until the last month of Techstars. So we've grown so much since then. We have 50,000 members now and we're on track for 100,000 by the end of the year. So it's really exciting, really fast growth. Um, in Uniteeks, we had 25,000 members after three years. So to just be on, at 50,000 after just six months, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, very incredible. And, yeah, it's awesome. And then we've also raised a seed round, pre-seed, excuse me, round from notable VCs and we'll be raising our seed round in the fall. And, and with that growth, I mean, what do you think... How, what do you think has spurned that growth? What do you think has helped you grow so fast with this new iteration? So again, kind of back to the whole concept of interns. We don't have interns per se right now, but we did open it up to have many affiliates. We have around a thousand affiliates. So it's been growing by word of mouth and by having a really strong mission that people can get behind. So like, no, you can't really make an affiliate program around anything other than money or mission. Yeah. And when you're a startup, you really have just a mission usually. <laughs> yep. So having a really strong mission and, and making all the decisions around the mission being like your North star. I think that's what really attracts people to relove. Um, and not to, you know, get specific per se with my competitors, but right. Poshmark is our biggest competitor. They're about to IPO. And of course, re like reloved or pre-owned fashion is much more sustainable than new fashion, but on Poshmark, for example, they even have this thing called Poshmark Boutique, where you can import items from China and wholesale them on your page. So that's 0% sustainable. Yeah, And so they don't have that strong mission and they're not making, I mean, they, they may have a different mission, right? Maybe the mission is, you know, the best way to shop people's individual style, right? Sure. That could be a great mission for that, but it's not the reduce, reuse, we love mission. So having that mission that makes us stand apart is something that has attracted like literally 1000 people to promoting Relove. Yeah. Which is incredible. And I, I am curious with that mission, like where, where does that come from for you? I am so environmentally woke. <laughs> <laughs> I am so woke when it comes to the environment. I mean, I have to like actively suppress like my anxiety of walking into a CBS and seeing like nonstop plastic bottles or, or something like that. You know, just every day it's feels like I'm bombarded with anti-sustainability things. So like having my whole company and my life dedicated to something that's good for the environment is something that I absolutely had to do. I would never be a part personally be a part of a company that isn't sustainable. So um, my dad is a actually a sustainability entrepreneur. He owns a metal recycling company and he recycles planes and buildings for a living. And actually growing up, I was very much aware of how much waste there is and the importance of not recycling because only 10% of what we recycle gets recycled. But when it comes to like planes and buildings, that actually can be recycled and repurposed. Yeah. And so can fashion. 
you know, and fashion is the second most wasteful industry in the world. So it just felt like the right industry to be a part of and to make a huge impact in. And so um, I ended up becoming a certified climate reality leader with Al Gore. So I have a certificate from Mr. Gore, my hero. Um, And I've learned just a lot about climate crisis, um, our lifestyle choices, not just in the fashion world, but also in like the food and energy world. And I try to really be a living example of the best way to live. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and having those obviously that mission and those values. Then uh, I'm curious as to how you how you lead your team and how you kind of are spending your time, you know, day to day at Relove as one of the co-founders. Yeah, so how I'm leading the team, I would say, is we just align on the same goals, and then we come up with projects to meet those goals. And I think I'm a pretty hands-off CEO because I really want the company, the people in the company to take ownership of their projects and feel like I came up with this and I made a difference. If I just run around telling people what to do all the time, then they're just fulfilling my assignments. Yeah. And that's not what I ever want Relove to be. I want it to be a collaborative process where we all come up with what we should be doing. And then how we get there is kind of something we can all discuss and collaborate on. But you know your role better than I know your role. And I I really wouldn't want to hire anyone that doesn't know their role better than I do. Yeah. I mean, better... I wouldn't want to hire anyone that knows their role l- like less than I do. They should know a lot more than me. And hiring people that are smarter than me in their, you know, in their responsibility set is the most important thing I can do when hiring. Yeah. And that's obviously such an important part of any any company, but especially startups is is the hiring process. Um, and I am curious as to how you how you do that or how do you approach the the hiring process. Obviously you're now you said you're you're continuing to hire more throughout uh, this year. How do you approach that process then? Yeah, so I think we do a really good job. I have been heard from several advisors that the way that Relove runs our hiring process is a really good process because we identify who we need about three months before we need them and start hiring three months in advance. The worst thing you can do is um, need somebody the next day, you know, and not have them there. So really identifying it in advance. And we look over a hundred resumes per position and have pretty much like a hundred phone conversations, I would say. Wow. Um, Before meeting people in person. And then we probably would meet like 25 people in person and really go over personality fit too. And we typically have like a one month trial period as an independent contractor. So it's a, it's, you know, it's like we, we date our employees very slowly. We take it slow and we really make sure that the right fit, not just with their skill set but also personality. Yeah. And and with the company, then obviously hiring uh, hiring can be such a, a challenge, and to find the right people. But what other challenges have you seen as you've grown this company? Yeah, so I think marketplaces are very tricky because it's not just like we have a product and we have to we have the supply and then we get the demand. We actually have to get supply and demand. Right. So balancing supply and demand has been tricky. We've been extremely strong in supply and not as strong in demand, but that's pretty much to be expected um, in any marketplace. It's hard to sell something you don't have. So we want it to be where you want, you know, Nike sneakers and your size nine, we want to have 400 options for you, not just 40. Right. 
And, you know, with that, with the company then moving forward, what are kind of the next steps uh, for the company? So we're going to be launching an interface that's really heavily focused on data and machine learning. So hyper-personalization is the future of Relove and really getting people to see items that they want to see before they even have to ask for it. That's what we want to do. Awesome. So that's the future. That's us. awesome. And obviously having this experience and, and launching this company, if someone else were starting a business today, I mean, what are some of the first things they should think about? Oh, man. It's, it's really cool to share because I've made so many mistakes in the beginning and I wish I would have heard this. <laughs> so it's, it's fun to be able to share. First thing is your company is what your customers think it is, not what you think it is. So you might have a great idea for a company, but your customers might perceive it differently. So getting feedback and not being afraid of feedback, even before you've launched anything is so important. You know, if you're going to be starting a pillow company, let's just say, like make a prototype and have a hundred people lay on it and tell you their thoughts, you know? And so not being afraid of feedback is one huge thing. We've been putting out NPS surveys since the beginning of Relove, um, since the first month. And we knew at first that the app was not even close to what we wanted it to be, but we don't care. We still want that feedback. And I think a lot of people wait and they say, it's not what I want yet. So I want people to comment on on where I want it to be. And it's like, you're never going to get there. So you have to just take feedback. Um, It'll never be finished, right? That's what... A company is it always changes yeah. oh. and so that's that's a big one and then i think other than that um hmm. i think perfection is the enemy of production it's kind of similar to the feedback one just i think i always tell the people that work at relove i want you to be right 80 percent of the time and as long as you're right 80 percent of the time i'm never going to be upset with you like make quick decisions like as Techstars motto says, do more faster. And there's no such thing as going fast and being perfect. So, you know, just allow yourself to make mistakes and realize that you care a lot more than most people care. So <laughs> if you send out a typo, nobody's going to remember it. It's not something you should make, you know, um, make a habit of, but just letting yourself go quickly in startup world. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I obviously you have the experience of, you know, you've gone through tech stars and I assume had some great mentors. What I'm always curious about as well is if there's any other resources that have been kind of helpful for you, whether it be particular, you know, books or podcasts or conferences or, you know, anything else that's been helpful on your entrepreneurial journey so far. Yeah. So I just read Venture Deals, which is an amazing book. It's how to be smarter. It's Venture Deals, how to be smarter than your lawyer and investor. <laughs> so it, I mean, it really opened my eyes. It was like a crash course in business school. I learned about first right of refusal and how to set up a board and just everything that I need to know for fundraising was in that book. It was a great book. I highly recommend it. And then as far as podcasts goes, I love Masters of oh, Scale, yeah. which is Reed Hoffman's podcast. Yep. That is an incredible podcast. It really is. Um, and I think also one big thing is that remember that winning or like success is of course like making great decisions and like being really smart but there also is some degree of timing and luck to it right like if airbnb like hadn't sent photographers to people's houses initially which is the least scalable thing they could have done then they would never be where they are today you know and so 
it's just there's more to learn from the failures than there is from the wins. Most businesses fail, 90% fail. So learn from those 90% rather than trying to mirror, like imitate what the 10% do. And that's what I really got out of Masters. Yeah, it is, it is a great podcast. And they have like, I think different seasons. I remember when they had the first season, I think they had another one come out then. It was like just waiting for it. The anticipation was just building. Cause it, it is a, it is a great episode, a uh, great podcast. I should say. I also like the, uh, how I built this is highly suggested by the way, by Guy Ross. Um, yeah. that's another good one. And you know, one of the things that's not really talked about as much in entrepreneurship is kind of like the, the, the downs or how you deal with the different ups and downs of being an entrepreneur because it's clearly it's difficult, it's challenging. So I'm curious as to how you kind of handle the ups and downs and the stress of entrepreneurship. I have to say, I actually don't get very stressed out, which is really cool. <laughs> nice. But then again, I have like a crick in my neck that will like never go away. So I do think I like physically <laughs> get stressed out. You know, um, so so I do try to maintain. I would say maintaining a balanced life is really important. I used to be a lot more stressed out. I was just working way too hard and just not smart. And I never realized that on the 15th hour of my day, my work was like so bad that the next day I was just kind of fixing what I had done the day before. So now I actually really do keep myself to seven or eight hour days at absolute most. And there, of course, are some days that I do like the 12 hour, but I'll make up for it. I'll take the next day a little more chill. And I work six days a week. So I get, you know, I get my entrepreneurial hours in there, but I don't overextend my brain. And I take time away from my phone and I like go to the gym. I went to yoga this morning. It's just so, it's so important to take care of yourself because it is really a marathon. It's not a sprint. So, you know, companies don't just, get successful overnight. It takes sometimes three, six, seven years to get successful and you have to be able to maintain. Yeah. And I think that is very, very important that you mentioned that because it, it, it is one of those things you can just go, go, go nonstop and you think you can just keep going, but then people crash and then bad things happen. So taking care of yourself is without a doubt important. And bad decisions happen. Yeah. And bad decisions happen and bad, I would say bad conversations happen and you send a text too quickly before thinking about the implications <laughs> and it just, yeah, it can really get very yes. bad. So I think it's safer to really take care oh, of yourself. For sure. And uh, I just want to end with, you know, where can people find you, learn more about what you're doing, what you're up to? Awesome. Yeah. They can download Relove on their phones. R-E-L-O-V-V. They can follow us on Insta at Relove. And my personal handle is Sustainabay. <laughs> S-U-S-T-A-I-N-B-A-E. Awesome. Or I missed an A in there. So I guess we have to redo that one. Sorry. I'll be sure to um, link up all of that. Though, so no worries. <laughs> it'll be all, it'll yeah. all be in the show notes at justgogrind.com slash podcast. So make sure we have everything there as well. Awesome. Yes. Well, Alex, thank awesome. you so much for the time today. I know you have uh, another obligation, but I really appreciate the time and all the insights. And uh, yeah, thankful you could come on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to share it. And and this is a great podcast. Awesome. So thank, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Just Go Grind. As always, the show notes are over at justgogrind.com slash podcast. And you can support the show over at patreon.com slash just go grind and please please leave a rating and review over on itunes it does help more people find the show hope you enjoy this episode have a great day